Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Activate Podcast. My name is Jillian Pelkey. If you'd like to hear past episodes of this podcast, you can check it out on iTunes or on SoundCloud.com by searching Activate Jillian Pelkey. I am super excited to bring the Word of God this morning, so let's pray and let's get right into what the Lord has for us to hear today. God, I thank you for this day. I thank you for breath in our lungs. I thank you for the sun shining down on us. Lord, I thank you that you are ever present, that you are here with us, that you are Emmanuel, God with us. I thank you that you never leave us. You never forsake us. You are that friend that sticks closer than a brother. I thank you that you go before us and behind us, that God, you prepare a path for us. God, you protect us from our enemies. You protect us from things we don't even see. God, you are a shield about us. God, we hide ourselves in you and we thank you that you are here with us today. Lord, we trust your word. We trust your heart. And Lord, we want to hear from you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the Bible. In Jesus' name, amen. So my son and I have both been really sick over the last couple of weeks. And we have a lot of the same symptoms of runny noses, sore throats, um, body aches, stuff like that. And to look at us, you would think that we have the same issue going on or the same um, sickness. And uh, we were coming up on Monday morning and my husband says, Luke is going to school in the morning. I don't care. I mean, that kid is fine. He's going to school. And I was like, I don't know. He just doesn't look good. He doesn't feel good. I think he might need to go to the doctor. And uh, upon bringing Luke to the doctor, we find out that although he and I have the same symptoms, he has strep throat and I do not. And so there's so many different factors or things we can look at to check what's going on with someone. And you know, you can really easily go online and check all the symptoms. And sometimes you have the same cures for it. We have the same cough drops, the same box of tissues, but we have different things going on. And it really was only the doctor that could test and tell us. And I think uh, relating that spiritually, a lot of people might have the same symptoms of things that are unhealthy in their lives, but only God can really know the heart of a person. He's the one who knows motives. He's the one who understands why we do certain things. And today I want to talk about our heart. And really the only one that can diagnose our heart, even if it looks exactly the same as somebody else, the only one who can diagnose it is God himself. And that's the importance of spending time with God. And I want to talk today about this idea of changing your heart changes your life. Changing your heart changes your life. We live by words from heaven. Even the word uh, of, of breath, even that, that word to live comes from God. Everything, we live by words from heaven. There's a parable in the, in the Bible that talks about uh, these bridesmaids that were getting, or br- brides that were getting ready for uh, their bridegroom to come, and some of them fell asleep and were unprepared. And the Bible says, keep watch. Don't let him find you asleep when he arrives. And that's us waiting for God to come back, waiting for Jesus to come and rapture his church. And it says, don't let him find you asleep when he arrives. Keep watch and pray. Keep watch and pray. And today I want to encourage us all to keep watch, to take a look, to open our eyes, to look around, to come alive, to be woken up and to see uh, what's going on in our lives and to pray. Keep watch and pray. When Jesus was about to be crucified, they were in the Garden of Gethsemane and he said to his disciples, pray with me. And they fell asleep. And he went back to them again and said, pray with me. And they fell asleep. And this week while I was reading in Matthew, this stuck out to me. Jesus said to his disciples after the, the third time he comes back to them, 
Jesus knew what was coming. They didn't know it was coming, but Jesus, he hinted and hinted and hinted. He even told them straight out, but they didn't hear it. They didn't understand fully uh, this, this spiritual idea that Jesus was going to be crucified and raised from the dead. And so Jesus knew the, the future. And so he wants them to pray because there's an urgency, but they keep falling asleep. So the third time he comes to them and he says, go ahead and sleep. Those words just sent chills down my spine. Go ahead and sleep. And I feel like that wasn't a a kind, like, oh, go ahead. You guys are tired. Get some sleep. It reminds me of the verse in Corinthians where it says, then he gave them over to their own evil desires. Go ahead, sleep. And I don't want that to be the word of God over my life that he's tried to tell me the message so many times. He's tried to tell me that it's urgent. He's tried to wake me up. He's tried to help me change my heart and to change my life and to follow him. And finally, he says, go ahead sleep. So today I want to talk about diagnosing our heart and what to look for and what it is that God can do in our hearts and lives to change us. I don't want God to say, go ahead and sleep. I don't want God to say, go ahead, Jill, just fall asleep. I want to be awake and alive. I want to talk about three types of hearts and uh, only time with God can diagnose what's going on. But I can tell you a few symptoms. I can tell you that a sore throat means you should get to the doctor right now because it's flu season and strep season. I can tell you that uh, you know a broken arm means go get to the doctor. The doctor's Jesus, spending time with Jesus. He'll tell you what's wrong and how to fix it. But here's some things that we can look for. There's three types of hearts I want to talk about. I want to talk about the unsettled heart, the hard heart, and the fake heart. The unsettled heart is not fully trusting and letting go. It's like standing on the edge of the cliff of faith, standing right there on the edge, and Jesus says, just jump. I'm going to catch you. I want you to go and do this awesome thing. Just jump off the cliff. And instead of actually jumping off the cliff, we get right to it, and we stand there for years sewing parachutes instead of jumping and trusting. There's so many of us that are standing there uh, trying to make things happen, trying to protect ourselves and those around us instead of fully jumping off and trusting God. We're standing on the edge of a cliff of faith, setting up a shop, to sew, sew parachutes instead of just jumping and trusting Jesus. I was, had a list of people I was praying for recently, and as I'm thinking about what it is I want to pray over their lives, the Lord just kept telling me, heart, heart. Uh, and I would have the name of their person, I just, their heart. God wants to settle our hearts. He wants to settle our hearts. And so many of us are spinning. We're trying our own ways. We're trying to prove ourselves. We're trying to invent ourselves. We're trying to work things out ourselves. We're trying to solve. We're trying to get more, to be more, to impress more. And we're wrestling with fear and pride. We're wrestling with dying to ourselves. We're protecting ourselves instead of letting go and letting God do it. See, like I said at the beginning, we live by words from heaven. We live by words from heaven. That's easy to say. It's different to live out. Do you actually live by the words from heaven? So many of us live by money and our need for it. And we hide behind a curtain saying, I need money for my kids. I need money for my parents. I need money for them, for them. And it's this false sense of piety. When really we're chasing after money instead of the word from heaven that will protect us and provide for us. Are you unsettled because you're chasing after money? Are you unsettled because you're chasing after fame? Are you thinking that your plan is better than his battle plan for your life? His plan will see you through. Your plan will not come to bring life and liberty to other people. Your plan is not better than his. Are you trusting his plan or are you fighting against it because you want your own fame? Are you living for money, for fame? Are you living for other people? 
if I follow after, after this word from heaven, what will they say? What will they think of me if I lay down my life? What will they think of me if I surrender? Will they think badly of me? Some of us live for money, for fame, for people, for popularity. I have to do what they want me to do. I know what God said, but they're asking me to do this. I know what God said, but so many people really want me to. They like me. They like me. They want me to. Are we living for money, for fame, for people, for popularity? Are we living for food? Are we living for a diet of lazy? Are we afraid that following after the word from heaven will disrupt our laziness? I've fallen into the trap of every single one of these things. For the years after years after years that I served in children's church, with so many excuses for not jumping out in faith in the things that God had called me to. There's times where uh, we've chased after money instead of just trusting that God would provide every need. There's times where we've, I've chased after popularity because people wanted me to do something. Oh, they like me. I'll do it. When that's not what God had called me to do. I wasn't living by words from heaven. And I, I, I think that so many of us are living with an unsettled heart. We have these things that, that make our hearts unsettled in their fear, pride, and self-protection. Fear says, I'll take Barabbas instead of Jesus because it's easier than trying to stand out against the crowd. It's easier to take uh, Barabbas. And we, we cry out, crucify him. Crucify those words from heaven. We have this fear that we don't want to get out of our comfort zone. I can't uh, abandon my comfort. I can't accept surrender. I'm too afraid. We're hanging on to the comfort of money. And in Matthew 8, 28, it says, <laughs> they don't trust the one they don't know. Change is useless because they don't know him. That should be a pinprick to every heart. They don't trust the one that they don't know. Change is useless because they don't know him. If we knew him, we would jump off the cliff. If we knew him, we wouldn't be looking out as people more important than God. If we knew him, we would give up everything. If we knew him, we would know that his is the perfect comfort. His is the perfect peace. His is the perfect protection. Dick Brogdon says this, every generation has to stare down the mortal enemy of self. Because sometimes it's fear, and sometimes it's just plain selfishness. He says every generation has to stare down the mortal enemy of self. Friend, will you chase the wrong thing for 50 plus years until you retire and then give it to God? Give your life to God, your time to God, your attention? Are you, going, are you willing to do the wrong thing for 50 plus years? Are you willing to go to college, take a job for the wrong thing because it'll make you money? Are you willing to chase the wrong thing? Or are you willing to jump off that cliff to trust your word from heaven? Matthew 6.32 says, All the people who don't know God keep trying to get these things. And he's talking about clothes and food and money. He says, don't, don't you know God that he's going to provide for you? Don't you know that he cares about the birds of the field? How much more does he care about you? But, but he says, all the people who don't know God keep trying to get these things. And I think our unsettled heart is because we're, we don't know the person of God. We know of him, but to know him, to know that we can trust him, that he's proved himself over and over, that we can jump off the cliff without trying to help God along, without help, having to make a parachute. He is going to be the one to provide and protect. 
Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these things will be added unto you. It's that jump. It's God, uh, I, I believe, help my unbelief. It's God, I'm going to jump, and I know that you're going to catch me because I know you. It's our fear. It's our fear that says, I'll take Barabbas because I'm afraid to say, release Jesus in my life. Release Jesus. Release that word from heaven, and I will go and abandon everything and give up everything. It's our fear. Our unsettled heart comes from pride. The Bible says, don't be afraid of people because everything hidden will be shown. Better to lose part of your life than to lose it all. Here's something. The people laughed at Jesus and then he raised the dead. The people laughed at Jesus and then he raised the dead. Our pride, our pride wants to promote ourselves. But the word from heaven promotes Jesus first. It makes us servants first. It makes us lowly before it lifts lifts us up. The Bible says, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up in due time, in due season. But the first part is laying down our pride, is laying down, abandoning, surrender. Our pride holds on to everything. The Lord dropped this in my heart. We have to kill the small to grow tall. Cut off anything that's not holy. Kill the small thing to grow tall. And what I mean is, if, if follow this train of thought, if, if I stop watching R-rated movies, no R-rated movies in my life means no pornography, means no adultery, means no death in my marriage. Kill the R-rated movies to stop from wanting to look at porn. From it, it all builds on, on each other. If I stop with video games, then I stop with a time suck. If I stop with a time suck, that means I'm not avoiding friendships. If I'm not avoiding friendships, it means life. Jesus has mastered me. He mastered me. I am his. I don't care what it costs. I don't care what it is. I will lay it down. I will not be prideful and say, I want to hold on to this. I deserve this. I need this. I need nothing but to lay face face down on the altar and say, God, here's my life. Here's my body. Here's my mind. Here's my spirit. Here's my will. Here's my way. Here's my voice. Here's my feet. Here's my hands. God, all I am is yours first. I don't care about anybody else or anything else. I care about that word from heaven. It's fear, it's pride. And then the other thing is it's self-protection. Can you accept the kind of suffering I must suffer? Jesus asks. Can you accept the kind of suffering that I must suffer? Matthew, uh, when he was called by Jesus, he up and left his booth. Can you imagine what his coworkers thought of him? He just gets up and follows Jesus. Friend, just get up and follow Jesus. Stop protecting yourself. His coworkers must have thought he was nuts. Self-protection, it fixes things that you see instead of letting God do it. The Lord revealed something to me very recently. He said, uh, for so many years, you thought that there were demons screaming at you. And so you started fighting battles against these demons when really the demons weren't even screaming at you. They were going in another direction. You chased after them and tried to fight them. I know that might sound bizarre to some of you, but sometimes we're chasing after battles that that aren't even ours to fight. We're chasing after things that we see in a distance that, that we think, okay, I see this. Now I have to stand and fight. And God never told me to fight that battle. That battle's for somebody else. 
God, whatever you have for me, I will trust you. Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 through 30 says, Come to me, all of you who are tired, all of you who are sewing parachutes. Come to me, all of you who are tired and have heavy loads, and I will give you rest. You unsettled heart, I will give you rest. Accept my work. Jesus' work is a free fall. It's a free jump. Accept my work and learn from me words from heaven. I am gentle and humble in spirit, and you will find rest for your soul. We're spinning, 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 working, busy, going, 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 gone. And Jesus says, you will find rest for your soul. Rest in his custom designed plan for you. He's got it. He really does know you. He really does understand all of it. He understands your husband or your wife and your children and your money and your house and your grandparents. And he understands your sickness. He understands. He gets it. And he says he's going to give you rest, that he's going to take care of it. Stop building parachutes. Come to me, all of you who are tired and have heavy loads. I will give you rest. Accept my work and learn from me. I am gentle and humble in spirit, and you will find rest for your souls. The work that I ask you to accept is easy. It's easy. It's easy. The load I give you to carry is not heavy. The load I give you to carry is not heavy. Lay down your fear. Lay down your pride. Lay down your self-protection. Lay down your wrestling. Lay it down and settle your heart on fully trusting God. Settle your heart on the jump. Settle your heart that he can master you. I want to talk now about a hard heart. A hard heart doesn't recognize that it has any spiritual need. You're like a plant who lives next to a water dispenser and you've dried up. You have all the motions, but you have no passion. You're numb, you're hurt, and you're dry, and you have spiritual need, but you don't recognize it. I'm not trying to minimize your hurt, but I want you to think for a minute on this word. It's cathario, cathario. It's a, a, a Greek word that means washed in suffering. Is it possible that through your suffering, God is working something glorious out? Is it possible that he could take that darkest moment? Is it possible that he could, he could take that unfair situation and draw you closer to him? Here's what happens many times in our, our hard hearts and our hurt. We go through the suffering and we don't let it teach us. We go through the suffering and we stop. And we don't get the healing on the other side, which brings us closer to the healer. We don't get the word from the Lord on the other side that explains why and how God's going to use it. The Lord dropped this in my heart recently. He said, all my issues obey him. Do you have issues? All your issues will obey him. If you lay them down. If you have hurt, all your hurt obeys and bows before him. Only living water will do. If you have a spiritual need, if you have a dry, hard heart, a word from heaven, only living water will do. Jesus says we are a temple that's not built by human hands. You need a word from God. It's bigger than you. You need a word. 
if you are going to be restored and built up and built into a holy temple useful for God to shine forth his glory, then you can't be built by human hands. You need to be built supernaturally by God. It's bigger than you. I think of the story of the rich young ruler who said, I, God, I've done everything right. What else do I need to do? And God says, I want you to uh, go and give up all your possessions and then follow me. See, God pinpricked his heart issue. He could diagnose it perfectly. He said, here's your issue. God can do that with you today. If you're hurt, if you're suffering, if you've got all these issues, if you've become hardened, you need to get on your face before God and not get up until you hear from him and not give up in five minutes and not give up because you haven't heard before, but say, God, this time I am laying down my life before you. God pinprick my issue. I'm unstopping my ears. I'm cleaning them out. I want to hear from you. Jesus kept going away to pray. I did a lesson recently for a kids' church, and we found 27 different verses where Jesus went away to pray. He left everyone else and went away to pray. If Jesus went away to pray, then I need to get away and pray. You need to get away and pray. It says, Jesus kept going away to pray and even grieve when John died. Matthew 15, 29, he went up on a hill and sat there. Friend, that may be the verse for you. Go up on a hill and sit there alone. And cry out to your God. Because I know he is faithful and he will answer you. Go sit on a hill. Go get alone with Jesus Christ. The author and perfecter of our faith. The author and the finisher. The carrier out to the ender. That guy, he's going to fix you. Go sit alone on a hill. Maybe not in winter. Find a quiet place. When Jesus is t t talking to Peter, he says, no person taught you that. My Father in heaven showed you who I am. Peter had a supernatural word from the Lord. You need a supernatural word from the Lord to unharden your heart. There are so many things that we don't see. We need God's guidance. Think of the, the woman with the issue of blood, and she's uh, in this huge crowd, and she pushes through, pushes through, pushes through, pushes through, pushes through, just to touch the hem of the garment of Jesus, just to touch the edge of his robe. Today, you've got to push forward to touch him. You've got to push forward just to get in there and touch the hem of his robe. And what happened? Her, she was immediately healed. The thing that doctors tried for years to fix was immediately healed because she sought the Lord. See, our, our hearts get hardened when we try to come up with a plan and we can't figure it out. We look at our hard situation, we're like, I can't fix this, and, and this despair and depression sets in. You can't do or even come up with the plan for what Jesus has for you. You can't. You can't. You can't do or even come up with the plan that Jesus has for you until he tells you the plan. Fish for men? Fish for men? He calls out to the first disciples and he says, I'm going to make you fishers of men. They never would have thought of it. They never could have done it with their current tools and they didn't fully understand it. That's the blind spot. The word has to come from him. The healing, the mission, the joy. Go to him. He's going to tell you something crazy like fish for men and then he's going to explain it to you and equip you to do it. It's time to stop avoiding the water spout. It's time to stop avoiding your spiritual need. Come to him and soak in his presence. <clears throat> or the alternative is you can just go back to sleep. We talked about an unsettled heart. We talked about a hard heart. And now I want to talk about a fake heart. 
This is the easiest one for us to point out someone in our life that we can see that has this. It's very easy for me to diagnose somebody else. But today I want you to realize that we all have a part of this. We all have parts of our heart that are fake. There is no exception. A fake heart is a hypocrite. Where their words, they have words, not actions. They're people pleasers. They show off and judge others following their own rules instead of God's. The Bible talks about in Matthew that Jesus is going to sort people out. The Bible says he's going to separate us like sheep and goats. Really obvious to him, one, one way or the other. He's going to sort people out by what they have, D-O-N-E, done. By what they have done, not just what they talked about. He's going to sort people out by what they have done. Offered water in my name, clothes in my name, to the least of these. Everything will be tested by fire, not Facebook reposts. Everything will be tested by fire, not the hundred plus photos of five minutes of serving. Matthew 15, 8 says, you honor me with your lips, but your heart is far from me. What are the good things that you do? You say you love missions, go. You say you trust, give money to the church, give money to missionaries, give away money to people who need it, do it. You say you love, then forgive people and serve them. You can talk all day. You can repost all day on your Facebook, all kinds of stuff. But the Lord says, if you go to make an offering at the altar, go first and and make peace with your brother. He says, go do it now and then do the stuff. If you want to avoid having a fake heart, go and forgive everyone that's offended you right now. Turn this off. Go. If you say you have faith, then live it out. The Bible has this verse that we all know and kind of replace, that people will see our good works and glorify our Father in heaven. They will praise God when they see your life lived, poured out, actually done, actually adopt someone, actually do ministry, actually help the people, actually give the money, move, do something, and don't tell anyone. Mark 7, 8, and 9 says you ignore the law and you substitute it with tradition. You skillfully sidestep God's law in order to hold on to your tradition. Humble yourself. Turn the mirror around on yourself. Work on yourself. Jesus said to Peter, you don't care about the things of God. You care about the things that men think are important. You don't care about the things of God. You care about the things that men think are important. Here's a question. Are my own rules causing me not to obey the Holy Spirit? Are the own rule, my own rules that I've come up with causing me not to obey the Holy Spirit? I feel like we're drowning in seven million words that we say. We're drowning in all this talk. It's time to go and to do. Mark 4 says, To those who aren't listening, even what they do have will be taken away. But listen, and more will be given to you. What you have will be taken away. When the religious people come to be baptized, 
John the Baptist says to him, you brood of vipers, you snakes, go clean your inside first. You are a a fake wall. It's like fake bricks in the temple. You're going to collapse at the first wind. We've made the Sabbath a show and we forget to get alone with Jesus. Some of us are suffering with fake hearts. Some of us are suffering with hard hearts. Some of us are suffering with unsettled hearts. Change your heart and you'll change your life. We've got to live by words from heaven. Keep watch and don't let him find you asleep when he arrives. Keep watch and pray. Don't let Jesus say to you, go ahead, sleep. Has Jesus mastered me or am I still carrying a heavy load? Am I pushing forward to touch the hem of his garment so that he will heal me? Are my own rules causing me not to obey the Holy Spirit? I want to have a settled, healthy, active heart. I'm going to say those questions one more time. Has Jesus mastered me or am I still carrying a heavy load? Question two. Am I pushing forward to touch the hem of his garment so that he will heal me? Or have you given up? Are my own rules causing me not to obey the Holy Spirit? Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you that you are the great physician. You're the God that heals us. Lord, I thank you that when we don't trust you, when we aren't listening, that God, you, you just draw us, you pursue us, you go after us, and you say, come to me, come to me, come to me. God, I pray that everyone listening will find time to come away, to go sit on a hill and be alone with you. God, I pray that we wouldn't just put in a quick five minutes every day, but God, we would sit in your presence, that we would soak in your presence. God, I pray that you begin to heal our hearts. That God, you begin to cut off anything that's not uh, yours. You would prune us. God, make us wholly yours so that we can be useful to the kingdom of God. I pray that you would be our master, that, God, we would lay down our lives and trust you. God, I pray that you would help each person listening to walk through this. Help us not to hear, walk away and forget what we've heard, but, God, help us to go and to change, that we can be more like you. Thank you for your Holy Spirit, the comforter that guides us. We love you and we trust you with our very lives. We pray all these things in the powerful name of our Savior, Jesus. Amen.